Thank you for your presence. Thank you for each and every person here today, Lord. Thank you that, Lord, I pray that not a word goes out, not a word comes forth that you don't want. Lord, I pray that you would open ears and hearts and eyes. Lord, I pray that you would help us all to learn, myself included. That I pray, Lord, that not one person leaves this building today the same way they entered. Lord, I pray for your transforming power. Father God, that's only from your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would transform, that you would renew, that you would energize us, Father, to go out and do our jobs. Lord, thank you for your infinite patience and your unconditional love for your kids. We love you. Father, just continue to be with us. good to be here with you all. Um, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Um, and I was, um, I was thinking about that as I was preparing for today. The la you know, the, thinking back to the last time I was preaching, I preached up here, and it was February, you know, and uh, things looked so different, and right? So, it's just good to be here. It's good to be here with you. I've had a, I, I want to take this moment first to thank Pastor Zach and Pastor Heather for the opportunity to be up here with you. It's always such a, an honor to be up here. Um, so first that. And thank you also for all of y'all who have been praying for me. Um, it's the first time I've actually gotten to thank you in person necessarily, but thank you for your prayers. I had a little bit of a a little bit of a car accident happened, and um, I'm doing well, praise the Lord. So I just appreciate your prayers. I felt those prayers. Um, so I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, we are going to talk today a little bit about the world, about how, we are, how we're feeling. Did anyone feel like things are just a little weird? You know, like 2020 has been a year. We've talked about it. It's been a Jumanji kind of year, if you're familiar with that. Um, it has been weird, crazy, unpredictable, um, different. And I feel like sometimes I'm in the twilight zone. Like, are any of you familiar with the twilight zone? Like, surely you are. And you feel like Rod Sterling's going to come out and, like, start talking and narrating your life, like, Hello, everybody. This is, yeah, like, it's just b bizarre. And, or I feel like I'm going to be punked at any moment. Like, at any moment, someone's going to jump out and say, you've been punked. And I'm going to say, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness. It's just that kind of thing. But we are in a, a strange season, right? I mean, there's no denying it. And I do feel sometimes like I'm in an also alternate universe. But you know what? That's good, because here's the thing. We should feel that way all the time, all the time. We, this isn't our home. This crazy, weird, messed up, crazy, wonderful world 
that we live in here on earth, this is ultimately not our home. We're just passing through. We're aliens here. I had a, don't put it up even if you have it, but I had a picture of, a, of an alien, the alienist alien I could, I could find, and that's how we should feel. And I feel like as Christians, maybe we got a little comfortable feeling comfortable. Maybe we got a little comfortable thinking like, hey, we're just hanging out and, you know, this is our home and this isn't. And I, I know for myself, it has been a year of revelation. <laughs> like, whoa, one after another, not comfortable because we shouldn't be comfortable. If we get too comfortable, we don't grow. And the Holy Spirit, when he convicts, he makes us feel uncomfortable. We should be okay with that. Because if not, we're not going to grow. And we're going to become those Christians who are just Christians in name only. We're going to be casual, lukewarm, and that's not good. And that's not what the world needs. So we should feel weird. The way you feel all the time now, I hope we always feel that way. I hope we never, ever feel normal here again. I hope we never feel, I hope I never go back to the way I felt in February. I, I don't, there's perhaps some things I change, but I don't ever want to be that Angie again. I want to, I want to be slapped in the face with some things. I want to be changed. And it's not, like I said, it's not pleasant, but it's where we have to be. So on that wonderfully positive note, I'm going to continue. So I'm going to talk about, we're going to spend a lot of time in 1 Peter chapter 2. Um, and Peter is writing these words to Christians who are literally exiles in, in different areas of the world at that time. And it's also written figuratively. So he's writing to exiles, Christians, who are scattered. And as you, if you can imagine and put yourself in their position, which is, I love scripture, I love digging in and like, like this happened, this is all real, this is all Holy Spirit inspired, every single word is, is here for a reason. So the Holy Spirit inspired Peter to write these words. And it, it's just, if you put yourself in those, in those Christian shoes, you almost can do that a little bit easier nowadays. Um, but they were, ex you know, they were scattered and probably feeling a little, a little lonely, a little, a little weird, right? I can relate as I was reading this. I read this, read this a million times. Okay, not a million, but a lot. And it, it was just, again, eye-opening to me and so perfect in my mind, for what we're dealing with now. So they're exiled, and they're out there, and, and they are, and so this is what he says, and I'm going to read the entire, the entire passage, so um, it's okay, bear with me. So first, first Peter chapter 2, I uh, flipped my page, there we go. But, oh, I love this, but you are a chosen race, 
a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are our God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see that your good deeds and to see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of your visitation. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be the emperor or as supreme, or to the governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing. When mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure, but if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure? This is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live into righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Oh my goodness. So much is in there. So we're, we're going to unpack that and talk about that. Um, so first, who are we? Who are we? You're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. Why? That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness. I think sometimes we forget that. We forget who we are. And if we don't remember who we are, we cannot be that to those who need him. If we don't know who we are, how can we show the world who desperately, desperately needs to see it? We, we can't. So we, we are loved. You're chosen. 
His love for you. Like, when I was going over the, I brought my tissue because I cry. I do. He loves you. He chose you. When he talks about the royal priesthood, you know, in 1 Chronicles 29, 15, it says this, for we are aliens and pilgrims before you, as were all our fathers. Our days on, the, on earth are as a shadow and without hope. We are not supposed to feel comfortable here. Exodus 19.5 says this, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. We are called to be his, every one of us is called to be his priests, to go out, to spread the gospel, to, to, to show people him, to proclaim his, his excellent mercies, why we were called out of darkness and into the marvelous light. That's, that's who we are. That's who we're privileged to be. Um, so do you remember that time? You know, it's funny because Brandon said all those, those things that, you know, and he was talking about. Do you remember when you were in the darkness? Do you remember, for, for some it was yesterday, for others maybe a long time ago, but do you remember being there? Because I do. <laughs> right. And we, we, we don't stay there because of him. He pulls us out, sometimes kicking and screaming, into his marvelous light. Right? Sometimes we get comfortable in the darkness. Sometimes we want to stay there. You know, I think sometimes we get comfortable being, again, comfortable, but comfortable. Things change, and then we, we get to this, I'm saying comfortable a lot, but I can't help it, that comfortable spot. And then things start to change again, and we're like, uh-uh, no. What do you mean church is opening? I just got com comfortable. I'm in my living room with my coffee. Oh, snap. Sorry. Or whatever the case is. It doesn't have to just be that. It could be a million different things. And then suddenly we have to get uncomfortable again. And so sometimes he calls us, pulls us kicking and screaming and says, look, it's time. It's time. Get out of the darkness. Come to the light and tell. Tell your story. Tell others. So, um, <clears throat> again, this happens multiple times. This isn't just a one-time thing like Brandon kind of shared different times in his, in his walk where I, I'm literally seeing all your spots that you pointed out. Um, different spots in your walk where he's pulled you out, right? And so we can't, we can't waste it. We, we can't forget what he's done and who we are. A royal priesthood, a chosen race, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. He loves us so. Have you ever seen a toddler with a new toy? I'm not calling, I'm not, you're going to get my point. You see a toddler with it, they just don't want to let that thing go. That is their prized 
possession. Try taking that out of their fist. I dare you because it's like this. It is held firmly in, in their grasp and they are not letting it go. They are sleeping with it. They are taking it in the car. They are taking it in the store, in the tub, and then they are sleeping with it again. It is not leaving their fist. We are our God's prized possession. He wants us. He holds us close right in the palm of his hand. Nothing happens that he doesn't know about. So whatever it is, it's okay because he already knows. He's already got a plan. It is okay. Take a breath and remember who you are. Remember who you are. Okay. All right. So. We are aliens. We should feel really weird. We're aliens. I like saying it. It's kind of cool. We're aliens. I thought for a second about wearing one of those headbands with the, but I didn't do that. <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did not do that. But that's who we are. We are aliens. Um, so 1 Peter 2.11 says this, beloved, <laughs> I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Never forget we are in a war. Sometimes we forget that we're in a war. And it's not against the things that you're thinking, perhaps. It's not against people or politics, or whatever, whatever, whatever. The list goes on and on and on these days. Social media, Lord help us all with social media. But our, our battle is not against that. If we remember who we are, our battle is not against people, not against flesh and blood. And in this, in this time that we're in, we need soldiers who are willing to fight that spiritual battle. We need to pray. We need to put on that armor. I, ironically, the last time I preached, I preached on that. And I thought, God, thank you for that because I needed that. I didn't know it. I had no idea what was coming, but he did. And I have thought about those verses so many times. It is so important. So how's our armor looking? How's our armor looking? Those, those chinks and those, that helmet of salvation, and we gotta, we got to remember that. That's, that's our armor. That's who we're fighting, not flesh and blood. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so, let me go backwards and say something. One more thing. This isn't our home. This world isn't our home. We're, we're passing through. Um, we have to fix our eyes on the author and the finisher, right? We're, on a, we're in a race. At the end of the day, we're at a race. And I'm going to read that. Paul talks about a race a lot. Um, so how's our race going? Are we running this race with excellence, even in the midst of all of this? Because, again, our, how we run our race should not depend on our circumstances. We can't say, oh, well, 
you know, I was running it when things were going good. Like, I was cool then. Like, I was, psh, I got it. But now, like, come on now. It's hard right now. So I'm a little, yeah, no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The race is the race is the race is the race. We must run it with excellence. Um, so, you know, if you ever, you know, if you, Pastor Zach and Pastor Heather are on vacation, and I'm thinking about vacation. I think about vacation every day. <laughs> so, <laughs> just being honest, the beach and the sun and the sand and the, you know, whatever, whatever. <laughs> I say that a lot too, apparently. Whatever, whatever. But, you know, you're on vacation, and you're, you're there and you're like, I'm good. I don't really, I don't really need to go home. Like, I'm just going to hang out here, right? Because vacation's cool. Okay, vacation's good. But if I did stay and stay forever for on vacation, it wouldn't be so precious. I'm going somewhere with this. Follow, just trust me. Eventually you come back. And isn't it good, though, to be home? It's good to be home, right? So it's this time on earth, it's kind of like our vacation. We should enjoy it. We should make the most of it. It's a gift. I don't, I don't want to lose that. Life is a gift. Time is precious. Enjoy it. Live it to the fullest. But it's not our home. This isn't where we're living forever. We're going home one day. And I'm not saying that to be depressing, y'all. I'm saying that because this is our mind. This is how our mindset should be. We could all live to where 100. That's not my point. But if we live with the mindset that this is it, then our whole message changes. Our whole perspective flips. Our, our, our priorities get way out of line. This isn't our home. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. 1 John 4.20, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. <laughs> I didn't say that. The Bible says that. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. So, wow, right? Think about that. Let me just say that again. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he, does, he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God who he has not. Doesn't that make so much sense? Right? Let's not be liars. Let's not be liars. 1 Corinthians 1.10 I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there will be no divisions among you, but that you be united, united in the same mind and the same judgment. So let me, let me explain. We are aliens. We're passing through. Made that point. Got it. 
But do people know us by our love for one another? Do people know, hey, she's a Christian. I can tell because she loves people and she loves her people. And um, she's, you know, there's unity there. And there's, when she speaks or he speaks, there are good words. They speak life and not death. Um, out of their heart, their mouth speaks. And there's, there's, there's upbuild, there's edifying, there's honor. Is, is that how people are seeing us? And when I say us, I mean the church as a whole. Is that how we're being seen? And, and again, I have been, I always, when I'm up here with y'all, I'm always also preaching to me. And this is something that I have had to come to terms with as well. I still am. In the day and age we're living in, we should be doing this all the time. Um, do people know who we are by our love for one another? So I'm going to read... Um, I'm going to read Jesus' last, John 17, John chapter 17. And this, the way I'm reading this today, it's in the message version. I love this version. So this is Jesus' prayer in John 17, starting in verse 20. I'm praying not only for, this is him, let me, let me back up, this is him praying before he was arrested. I'm praying not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me because of them and their witness about me. The goal is for all of them to become one heart and mind, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. So they might be one heart and mind with us. Then the world might believe that you, in fact, sent me. The same glory you gave me, I gave them, so they'll be as unified and together as we are. I in them and you in me. Then they'll be mature in this oneness, and give the godless world evidence that you've sent me and loved them in the same way you've loved me. If that doesn't convict, I don't know what does. We are su supposed to be unified the way Jesus was with his heavenly father. And I think that even among our, our Christians, we're, we're missing some of that. And... That can't, that can't stay. We have to be careful that what we're showing the world, now more than ever, now more than ever. So do people know us by that? By that, he prayed that prayer. He prayed that prayer knowing he was going to be crucified. And we, we think about where we're at now and what's going on and how things are bad and no, it's not. I get it. I, it's not been a picnic for me either <laughs> the last few months. I've never been in a place that, I, that I've been in lately. I, I've never. But it's nothing compared to what Jesus went through. It's nothing. So... <coughs> You know, as, as Christians, we have to, again, remember who we are. We have to remember that we're not a political party. We're not defined by anything. We shouldn't be defined 
we're not, we're not a political party. <laughs> we are not defined by whether we choose to wear things or whether we don't. We are to be unified. There are more important things at play here. Is it, is it worth it to be right? Or is it more important to show Jesus? You, you, couldn't, you can do both. But if there's a choice to be made, we need to show Jesus. And if we, if it means walking away from a fight, we walk away from a fight. We show Jesus because remember who we are. And remember who we're supposed to be. And remember we're supposed to be united. And at the end of the day, we need to show Jesus I, I, every single time. So what is our job? 2 Peter 2, 13 through 17 says this. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every, oh, this is going to be so much fun. You guys are going to love this. Be subject to the Lord, for the Lord's sake, to every, for, to, sorry, to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to the governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should not, that you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Let me say that again. By doing good, not bad, not arguing, by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free. Not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. I love this part. Honor everyone. Everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Ouch. Okay, I was a little ouchy when I read that. I'm going to admit it. That's a lot. And if you take that and you chew on that, that's heavy. It's heavy. We show people what's right by doing good, even when we don't want to. Like the toddler who doesn't want to give up their toy. Um, <laughs> we should live as people who are free. Be, so let's, let's unpack. We're going to unpack. Be subject to every human institution. Yikes, right? Because that's popular right now. Romans 13.1 says this, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that, have, that exist have been instituted by God. This is, these are my words now. Whether we like it or not. Whether we like it or not. Because guess what? God's bigger than any political office. Thank the Lord. My life is not dependent on a politician, on a office, on a whatever. It is not, praise God, it is not. I serve him and he's bigger. He's already got it handled. Whatever's going to happen, he's got it. So it's easy to say that, but you actually got to do it. So let's do that. We don't have to agree, right? But there's no way we're ever going to agree with every whatever politician, political office thing going on in the world. We're not. We shouldn't even. We shouldn't even. 
But we have to be subject to the governing authorities, whether we like it or not. And we need to follow the next steps as well. Hebrews says, do good, do good to silence the ignorance. I love this. Are you dealing with foolish people? Because, y'all, I am sometimes. I am dealing with foolishness all around me. So what do we do? We do good. Isn't that great? The answer is to do good, to silence the ignorance. Imagine if we did that. Imagine if we did good to silence ignorance. Can you fathom the change that could happen if we did good? to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Sometimes maybe, what does that look like? Sometimes maybe that's praying for that person who is driving you insane. Maybe it's praying for the person who believes differently and you just, you can't, you know it's sin, but you pray. You, you cannot convict them of sin. The Holy Spirit convicts of sin. So pray. The best thing you could do is pray. Do good and pray. Do good and act. Be nice. Oh, for goodness sake, be kind. <laughs> Smile with your eyes. It is okay. It's okay. Take a breath. It's all right. Hebrews 12:14 says this. Strive for peace with everyone and for holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Why do we do this? Why should we do good? Because no one will see him. It's not about us. This isn't our home. This is about showing others who he is. And are we, are we doing this? This is a question I've been asking myself. Am I doing that? Am I doing that? <clears throat> Romans 12, 17, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Can you imagine, the, think, think for a second, with all that's happening Imagine if we could put that into practice. And I realize, listen, people who aren't Christians, it's not their job, guys. It is their job to not do this. We can't expect people who don't know Jesus to act like Jesus. It isn't their job. It's not our job to be judgy and be like, well, you are not acting like Jesus. Well, of course not. They don't know him. It is our job to introduce them to him by doing good, showing honor. <clears throat> so again, is it better to be right? Or is it better to be like Jesus? Pride is a sin. I am here with you. I am talking to myself right now. I get wrapped. I get. <sighs> there are things right now that just set just set me off. I don't like. 
I don't like when people get picked on. I don't like injustice. Just throws me for a loop. I get a little fired up. But at the end of the day, if that, if I can't do that, walking with Jesus, then I need to stop. Because the wrong message is being sent. I'm not saying that we shouldn't. I'm saying that we need to take Jesus. We've got to walk with him. We've got to walk things out with Jesus. You can do that. You can do both. But you've got to walk with him. Live as people who are free. Free. Smile. Guys, I know life's rough right now. I get it. But smile. You're here. You're here. You know, <laughs> there have been a few things in my life that have happened. But my car flipped. I was hanging upside down in my car. Listen. Life is precious. If you are here, thank him. If you are here, live like you are grateful. Don't waste a second. It's precious. Don't be grumpy. Don't be grumpy. People need to see Christians who are happy, despite it all, despite all the stuff. Enjoy life. Whatever you can do, do. But be happy. Be free. <clears throat> Galatians 5.1 says this, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. We get so caught up sometimes in all of the ugly, it becomes a burden, and it, we wear it. You can see it. We don't think that, that we can, that we don't think other people can see it, and I'm including myself in this too, but I know sometimes I look like I'm carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders. <clears throat> I shouldn't be carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders. That's not my job. That's Jesus' job. He didn't call us to be burden carriers called us to be free John 8 36 says so if the sun sets you free you will be free indeed indeed yes and you're you know so I <laughs> but Pastor Andrew you just said we have to be subject to institutions and stuff yes yes you do but you can do both there's a balance you can be free enjoy freedom and listen it can be done. Kids have to do it all the time. Boundaries are good. And God gives us those. But live like free people. <laughs> Laugh. Enjoy life. Have fun. In the midst of it all. You know, I was explaining to our kids, some kids recently, the difference between happiness and joy. And... You know, happiness is fleeting. It, it's it's a it's a whatever. It's a, a temporary joy. Is is that thing that you have? It stays, and it's it's a God thing. You don't get joy from each other. You get joy from Him, and we have access to that all the time. Not just when things are good, 
But when things are horrible and awful and ugly, we can still be joyful. And people will see that and know, hey, I want what they have. How are they going to want what you have if you're grumpy? Right? They're not. They're going to run. You're like, they're grumpy. I'm out of here. We should be servants. Servants of God. Again, not a fantastically popular word, but servants. Mark 9.35 says this, and he sat down and called the twelve. And he said to them, if anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. Mark 10.45, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I don't know of a better example of a servant than Jesus. There's, there is none. And if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for us. He was betrayed. He was beaten. He was betrayed again. <laughs> and how did he react? Talk about humbling. How did he react? He was ministering to people on the cross. And we get grumpy if we have to wear a mask into Walmart. Hey, listen, I just, yeah, I said it. I said it. Who are we and what are we showing the world? We need to be like Jesus. In John chapter 13, and I, I didn't print it out, and it's, it's fine. <clears throat> Jesus washed his disciples' feet. Now, let's take that a step further. He washed Judas's feet. He washed the feet, and he says this. Of, uh, if you read John chapter 13, he knew, he, come on, he's Jesus. He knew Judas was going to betray him. And he washed his feet. I, I've, this is stuck in my head for three days now. I, could I do that? Think of the person who's betrayed you. Think of, think of a person who has betrayed you, of a, of a person who's hurt you. Could you wash their feet knowing they do it again? Because Jesus did that. We are not called to walk some easy path. We are not called to walk some, you know, it, there are no unicorns and rainbows and flowers everywhere. This is real life. This is where the rubber meets the road. Who are we? How are we acting? What are we showing people? Jesus washed the feet of the one he knew was going to betray him. Could we do that? Show honor to everyone, period. It says that, period. I mean, you know, there's a period. Show honor to everyone. Not the people who agree with you. 
not the people who you're in church with. Not just, sorry, not just. All those people, I'm sorry, not just those people. (laughs) Not just those people. Let me rephrase. But also to those who make you angry, to those who drive you nuts, to those who do not believe like you, to those who don't agree with you, to those who might want to argue with you, honor. Honor is a, is a very important word, honor. Romans 12.10 says, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo, we've been saying this a lot around here, outdo one another in showing honor. We should be trying to run around outdoing each other with honor. I picture that. I picture us running around because I'm visual and I picture us running around out, trying to outdo each other and be nice and be kind. And, but it's easy to picture that with y'all, Right? Probably not so easy to picture that with everybody. And yet, that's our job. That is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to show honor. We are supposed to be different. So how should we act? Let's, let's finish with 1 Peter 2.19. I'll start there. For this is a gracious thing when, mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are being for it you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. When you do good and suffer... That's hard, right? Because you're doing the right thing and you think you're, and you're still getting flack. You're, you're still suffering. Yep. Yep. That's life. That's, that's how this works. Unfortunately, it will always be that way. <laughs> I hate to be negative, Nellie, but that is the way this works. Um, and how for this to, for to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example. He left us an example, a pretty amazing example that we can't ever attain, but that's our goal, <clears throat> so that we could follow in his steps. He didn't commit any sin. He died for us because he loves us. He came here knowing that's what was going to happen. If we think we're suffering right now, we're wrong. I, I don't think, uh, I think things are, things are different. Things will remain different. However they change for the better, things will not, I don't believe, ever quite be the same again. I think we need to get used to the fact that we're going to be uncomfortable. And I hope we remain uncomfortable. I hope we feel like aliens every day. Because if we ever get comfortable again, God help us. We have to be different. We have to be 
better. Philippians 2.14, let me, let me first say this. Paul wrote most of the New Testament. He was in jail. He was actually in jail when he wrote these verses. In Philippians 2.14, do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the world of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in, in vain or labor in vain. Wow, he was, in, he was in jail when he wrote that. He was in jail. Without grumbling or disputing, so we can shine as lights. What does our light look like right now? I have, you know, there are some lights I pass and they're like blinking on and off because they're broken. Sometimes the, sometimes lights get dirty and you got to wipe them off. What does our light look like? Is it shining like a beacon on a hill for everyone to see? Because we are honoring and we are being servants and we are doing good. We are doing all of the things that we just talked about. Are we shining brightly? Or are we one of those lights that are flickering? Like, yeah, we're here sometimes, and then like, nah. We're good in church, and then we leave, and we're like, yeah, what? Or are we a little dirty on the outside or the inside, so to speak, and we need to be cleaned off? It's okay. God can do that. Just like that. He just wants us to come to him and ask. That's all. And listen, we all need that. We all need that from time to time. We all need to keep our lights shiny. We all do. And that's all right. Philippians 4.4 4 says this. Again, he's in jail. Just a little context. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness, <laughs> reasonableness, be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. So I'm going to just review some of, the, some of the points here really quickly. We are to be subject to every human institution. Do good. Live as people who are free. Be servants of God. Show honor to everyone. Everyone. <clears throat> and I think... You know, obviously, in order, in order to do all of this, we can only do it with his help. We can only do it with the power of the Holy Spirit. We have to learn to rest. We have to learn to rest. <laughs> we have to learn to rest in him, to lie at his feet and get renewed. Resting is always done with a purpose, you know, we talk a lot about quarantine and, and, what I, and all of that, but it's for a purpose. It's over also, 
just saying. And it's for a purpose, right? You don't stay there forever. If you're resting, that's great. We have to rest. But we get up and we do. You know, when, you know, <clears throat> before the Battle of Jericho and that wall's coming down, they rested. They took some time to prepare for battle, to go knock down walls. That's what rest is. <laughs> rest prepares. The, um, in Isaiah, I wait upon the Lord to renew my strength. Why? So I can fly like an eagle. That's why. Don't want to stay in that nest forever. You rest. You rest, you renew, you rejuvenate, you transform, and you go. And you do. So we have to learn to rest, yes. But then we go and we do. So. I hope, you're, I hope you heard my heart, hearing my heart. And um, I want to say this. I, I know that there are things that as Christians we should stand up, we absolutely should stand up for. I don't want anyone to think I don't think that because I do. But we have to do it the right way. You know what I'm saying? F always stick up for people. Always. But do it the right way. Jesus is more important, and, and what we're portraying to the world is more important. This is not our home. This is not our home. We're passing through. We have to fix our eyes on Jesus, who's at the finish line. So if we're on a race, if we're in a race, have you ever been in a race? So you got those people. I miss running. Can you tell? Maybe you can't, but I miss it. I haven't been able to run yet. I did yoga last night instead of running because I thought I probably shouldn't run for the first time after my accident right before I'm supposed to preach. <sighs> you know, I could end up in traction or something. So I miss it. And um, so I, I do this a lot, and I apologize. I think every time I'm up here, <laughs> I compare something to a race. But so did Paul, so I'm in good company. So if you're on a race, if you're in a race, You've got those, you know, you've got those wonderful people on the sidelines, right, behind the ropes, so to speak, and you're, you're, in, the, you're in the zone, and you're running this race with other people, right? We're running this race with other people, and at times, we're going to be ahead, I mean, ahead of the game, and at other times, we're going to be in the back because we're struggling, because we've had something happen, because we've been kind of beat up. And so we're going to be in the back. But that's okay because we have other people coming alongside of us and pulling us, pulling us along with them. Right? That's how we are. As long as we don't get distracted by the things on the sidelines, by those things that are going on in the world, we can't let those things distract us from our race. We're supposed to throw off those hindrances. Throw them off and run the race with excellence. With excellence. That doesn't mean you're going to win. It doesn't say that. I, will I can guarantee you I'm never going to win a marathon. <laughs> Trust me when I say I will never win a marathon. 
but I can run with excellence. That's the goal here, to run with excellence, bringing people with you in a community, not being distracted by what's going on on the sidelines, but perhaps using that as motivation to run better than you've ever run before and with excellence, okay? I'm going to read this quote from John Piper. The world, I guess you guys can go ahead and come on up. The world does not need cool Christians who are culturally saturated. It needs exiles with the scent of heaven and the aroma of Christ. I didn't look up when he said that, but if he had said that yesterday, it would have been perfect. You know, it's just perfect. We do not need to be cool. We need to be a picture of Jesus to the world around us. We need to have the scent of heaven. Can you just let that sink in, the scent of heaven and the aroma of Christ? That when people are around us, it's as if they're with Jesus. And not just with those people who we love or like, but with those people who we don't. And that's the key here is that even with those things and those situations and those people we don't like and don't want to deal with, we have to remain who we are. And let's review. Who are we? We are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, people for his own possession. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. I hope that you remember that darkness because you need, you need to tell people about it. The light isn't quite as bright if, it's, if you don't remember the darkness. So we're running the race. I'm going to end with a verse. I'm going to do. I'm going to bless you guys, like just like I do the kids. But in Isaiah 42, too. So I was blessed by. Um, I've been talking with kids. I mean, they they're my people, right? At the end of the day, and they. I'll tell you, if you've talked with any kids or or teens lately, they are. growing fast. They are growing, in my opinion, at an exponential rate. Why? Life. Life. And they are, they're growing because they are being led back to Jesus. Yes, this is happening, but you know what? Let's talk about Jesus. Yes, it's crazy, but God's in control. Yes, I understand, but Jesus, it's okay. And why do I say that? So the verse I'm going to share with you came from a student. And so kids are asking me the craziest questions. They're asking me, how can I, how can I believe God's real? That doesn't scare me. You know what that tells me? It tells me they are digging in, that they are growing. Right? So they're, they're asking questions, and they're, it's, it's awesome. 
remember that race? So they're going to pass us up. Isn't that great? It is. It is. So I got this verse from a kid, from a teenager. This shows you where some of their hearts are. Isaiah 42.2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. He's got you. He's got you coming and going. He's got you surrounded knows what's next. We have to rest in who we are and we have to show the world who he is. Good times and bad times doesn't matter. It's our job. Don't get comfortable. This isn't our home. Hmm. So I'm just going to do, do the blessing just like I do with some of you are familiar with that, and some of you aren't, and that's okay. So every every time I'm with the kids, most every time, we do a thing, and it's really just speaking. <laughs> it's really just speaking scripture and solidifying everything we've talked about. And what we do is we have them stand up, and I have them hold out their little hands, and so they can receive. They can receive from the Lord. It's not about me about him and so I would just ask you all to do that just stand with me and we're going to receive the blessing of the Lord and you can hold out your hands like Miss Kathy's doing or you can just put your arms in the air I just want you to hear from Jesus that's all close your eyes and we're going to give in a minute because again want the Holy Spirit to speak. Holy Spirit, speak. We're your sheep, Lord. We want to hear, we hear your voice. Speak to us, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are a chosen race. people for his possession. You have it in you to change the world. Go and do and be and show people him. Honor. Be servants. Do good. Be free. <laughs> Hallelujah. Someone You're valued. He loves you. He has a plan for you. He has a purpose.
casual. I pray that you feel his love, guys. I hope you feel his love, and I hope that you get down deep in your soul who you are, how important you are to him. Because without that, you can't give it away. He loves you. <laughs> Hallelujah. You are his kids. He chose you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father.